This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Battle of Super Mario B. Here we go, baby. It's your better, you bet, presented by BetMGM. I got to stop saying baby. Like, wh- who? I think I'm some kind of young, cool guy. I keep saying baby. <laughs> Let's go. Baby. Here Are, we go baby. Were you, uh, did you ever used to watch poker back in the day? You ever, like, were you ever, like, a poker yeah. on TV guy? Yeah. World Poker Tour had every video game, loved it. Um, used to play every Friday at one point. Yes, I was a big poker sure. guy for a while. Sadly, so, uh, probably haven't sat down at a card table in like two years now because of my freaking kids. Well, and pandemic hurt that a lot too. I don't think you want to like sit really oh, with other people. Point. And that's even that's even the joke about the World Series of Poker is going on right now. For I mean, for people who care, they obviously know that. But it's, the joke is like you're just you're sitting around waiting to get COVID if you're like playing in the World Series of Poker. Like I have, I have a friend who went out there, came it. back, got got the flu. Yeah, like it's just uh, it's just it's crazy. Pre-COVID was oh, my yeah. last time. Had set. To be. The last time you played? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm almost certainly. Yeah. Especially because like, I think you're you're a lot of people are like you. A lot of people kind of used to play a lot and then don't play very much anymore. Yeah, a hundred percent. Obviously it was it went through like a big fad at one point, but I, I love yep. the game. I love sitting Late down 2000s. playing. But even like my buddies that I would play with, like it's not like I don't see them now post pandemic, which just we all had kids or what it's just weird. Like it's hard to get together and go, let's throw a bunch of money on the table and play poker. And I, how about this for a take? Maybe the boom in legalized sports gambling has also made us gamble less with our money at poker tables. We just get together for oh. games and put together so parlays. All the, all and the stuff. poker money's going off the table, and it's going into it's going into a BetMGM I, account. And it's getting firing away. I might have just Joking I might have just stumbled into a sports betting take on accident there, but I think that is part of yeah. it too. Interesting. I, I, yeah. Well, I, if accessibility, if sports betting is as accessible as poker yeah. or more accessible because it's mobile, yeah, um, then that's that's definitely possible. The the baby thing. That's all I was gonna say is like Scotty Wynn yeah. was like a really famous on TV poker player, and he always just be like Scotty Wynn baby. Like he always just used to, yeah. you know, that always used to be his thing. Like everybody was baby, everything was this. Then there was the, he had a really funny star turn. I, I mean, again, I have no idea what happened to him. Kind of like later in his career, but he like won a bunch before TV when poker was probably way easier then he like everybody was like oh like what a lovable character because you know poker obviously was all about developing the personalities and characters of the uh the really big time players that was what like the whole building blocks of poker on tv was about and he was one of them and then he had this really funny star turn where i remember i was this was still a huge deal so like oh eight oh nine like still when it was like oh man like everyone's like oh like wow poker like this is so cool and uh and he was at a final table and got wasted and started like mouthing off to everybody and the dealer and like ever and i remember being like remember that oh maybe like oh okay (laughs) like all right like not not a good person all right there's a a lot going on here i don't remember that now that you said that yeah it was just it was just really funny it's just like oh baby yeah Anyway, um, before we get back to sports market sweep, just kind of updating you a couple of things tonight, NHL draft, 
the Penguins continue to do the thing where they can't like just fully rebuild because Sidney Crosby still wants to win. So they just got Riley Smith from Vegas for a third round pick and just like insert another winger the Penguins add that's going to play in their top three lines. And they still probably, if they make the play, also go down in the first round regardless. So insert that take here. Uh, Steve Cohen, Mets owner has met the media, addressed the media. Some quotes, as Alex has put in, the season's not over. I'm preparing my management team for all possibilities. If we don't get better, we have decisions to make at the trade deadline, which, uh, a lot, they could be sellers. Um, Right. Scherzer. It's just incredibly frustrating. Willing to waive his no-trade clause that came out yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and we we talked about that for the last two days. Like, they could be sellers, and and that could happen. Um, Cohen also said that they will be searching for a president of baseball ops but GM Billy Epler is safe. Now, that's worth noting for two reasons. Number one, why exactly does a good GM need a president of baseball ops if they right. can't figure out some of this maneuvering on their own? Number two, Billy Epler is the direct link that the Mets think they have to Shohei Otani because Epler was the GM in the Angels with Otani. So he might be looking for a director of baseball ops. There's thought in New York that they're holding on to Billy Epler with the hope of Billy Epler still might be the guy that can get them Otani. So that is probably why he right. won't be fired. And Buck Showalter's job, by the way, he's also declared safe. He is flat out said it's on the players. Uh, I can't hit. I can't pitch, which is like obvious. Of course it's on the players. Nobody thinks Steve Cohen's the player, but, you know, kind of generic there. Right. And it's, it's easy to say it's on the player and not the manager. I think like a lot of times – like maybe the coach is just kind of the fall guy for when stuff happens. But in baseball, like manager does make a lot of decisions versus like some other coaching positions, to be fair. Like there's like things that like literally affect like in-game stuff. Whereas like in, I would argue there are coaches in the NBA who are really good and there are coaches who are less good, but like a really good example is, okay, like in a playoff series, do you want a really good coach? Absolutely. No, no question. Yeah. Adjustments are huge. You're playing the same team over and over again. Value of coaching skyrockets. In the regular season, JB Bickerstaff can win 53 games or whatever. Could just Absolutely. win that many games. Absolutely. And then and then can play the Knicks and just like you're you wonder if it's a G League team. And there's just it's just I don't know what this is supposed to be when you're watching it. So just, you know, like coaching not the same in every sport at just I guess it's, it's so, so what do you make of those Cohen comments? Like, are you surprised that he said any of that stuff? Are you um, like what? What was? What's your reaction? Nothing. This is no big deal whatsoever, and we should move it on. Kinda it kind of feels like a. It kind of feels like a big nothing. I actually think the quote Alex put in there about the trade deadline. We have decisions to make. The trade that trade deadline is the biggest noteworthy thing above anything else. I didn't expect in the okay. firebuck show, Walter. I watched enough Met baseball to know that while a manager should hold some responsibility, it kind of feels like they're not losing because of managerial decisions. It kind of feels like they're losing just because the team sucks. Like that's kind of what it feels like. Um, okay. As far as Billy Epler, again, I think the only reason that he's safe is Otani. I really believe the Mets believe in their heart of hearts. Like if they fire him, that might be a bad look to Otani who might have whatever decent relationship with Epler. So that doesn't shock me. I think trying to play both sides of saying the season's not over. Okay, technically it's only June 28th, you're right, but as we pointed out with our win totals yesterday, I put 76 and a half. Like it kind of feels over. Uh but he's by acknowledging if we don't get better we have decisions to make. You have a, essentially he's telling you if we don't rip off, you know, 15 of our next 20, we're going to sell. I think is basically what he told the audience today if those quotes are accurate there, which I've no reason to believe they're not. Um they're going to try to sell pieces and I think Scherzer perfect example is a guy that you know a team a contender especially this man this is where the Mets need to be smart about it Ken we talked about all of these teams bunched up in the postseason with the 16 playoff format and how many wild card fringe teams there are by doing that there's so many less teams that are actually going to sell which means the market 
for any player that you might be interested in, any team that's selling, you probably will get bigger value back than you ordinarily would that's because, true. aha, there's a bidding war. And as much as Max Scherzer may not be the same pitcher, his name is still Max Scherzer. He's still a World Series champion. And give me a better pitcher in theory that you would trust putting in your postseason rotation or get help in getting you to the postseason there where, like, if he waves the no trade and he gives you a couple different teams and you get to a bidding war, the Mets probably, instead of going down in September because they tried to make a miracle run and falling short, sell the pieces, have real self-examination, and either build back up your farm, get some young pieces that now you could actually build this the right way. So I, I actually would fully expect the Mets to be sellers at the trade deadline. I think Steve Cohen knows that too. If uh, if the Mets get Otani because of Epler and the connection that you alluded to, if they if he if they end up being his landing spot, and Cohen pays him a billion dollars, you want to redo the sports market sweep topic? He goes to the Mets for like eight years, number of okay. playoff wins for Shohei Otani if he plays for the Mets. I do. Uh, so I had ten before. I'd lower it to five because they're still the Mets. <laughs> I knew, I knew you. Would. I just, I was just, I'm just. This is like the just lobbing a beach ball over the plate for you, basically. I mean, this would be some kind of insulting Mets take based on uh, based on what I know about you. So, but they uh, are the Mets. Sport. Sport, sports market sweep. Should we do? Should we do? Uh, keep going with sports market sweep. Should we go on to the next one. Yes. Here? Perfect segue, Let's Ken. Let's do this. Yeah. So, so Otani playoff wins was the first one, which I actually thought was like a pretty good one. I actually thought I was like, I'm kind of in on that one. Um, this one will be more Tyler's area of expertise. Tyler, type in the chat to make sure you're here, by the way. Uh, this will be more Tyler's <laughs> area of expertise. Well, I don't want to go to him second and be like, oh, I'm not here. No. Um, ESPN put out an NBA mock draft for next year because, you know, it's never too early. And no. in the ESPN mock draft for next year, Bronny James was projected to go 17th. 17th. There's a couple things to consider here. One. Will a team pick him really early knowing that you probably get LeBron James by picking him? Mm-hmm. Two, is he like definitely, the the USC jersey is fire, by the way. Two, like definitely coming out after this year? Probably, but like I guess worth considering. Uh, make a market for where you actually think Bronny James will be taken in next year's NBA draft. And like who will have the number one pick? That'll be it. It's like, like who is... Who is going to be dreadful this year? I'm not watching NBA cap isn't on right now. Washington yeah, is going Washington. to be dreadful. That's the perfect That's answer. So they'll have the most they'll have the most ping pong balls. Like for like for sure. I guess like if Cade I mean, the isn't Rockets healthy, still stuck. Detroit's going to be awful again if Cade, if Cade's not okay. Like they're still going to be terrible. Um I feel like there was another I almost said NFC. I'm not an NBA mode at all. Western Conference team. I feel like there was one oh, more Western Conference team. I'll give you another Eastern Conference team. Well, well, the Spurs are going to be terrible again. Still, the Spurs are going to be awful. Yeah, right. I was. I'll give you the East team. I think is going to be low key terrible, terrible because I think we're on the verge of finding out a lot of pieces gone. I think the Raptors are going to suck. The, yeah, it's fun. like we'll we'll see what they end up doing. So, like the rumor obviously is that the Rockets offered Van Vliet forty million a year. To, yeah. to like basically come there and like teach all of their players how to actually play winning basketball. And we'll see. And obviously they're, they're overpaying because otherwise Fred Van Vliet would like, would, would not want to go there probably. And, uh, right. and so, you know, you have to pay a tax, whatever, but that'll, that'll be interesting. Obviously if he leaves, then it's like, all right, you trade Siakam. Nobody wants to deal with Masai cause he like fleeces everybody cause he's so smart. So it's just like kind of a funny situation. Right. Um, 
what uh what you end up going with sean for so brawny 2024 draft position like knowing that it's this is the most unique draft pick ever i think i agree because when you when you pick him you probably get his dad um absolutely so with all of that i'm gonna say ninth 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 mostly ninth. because of the lebron thing lebron i'm gonna guess that you're not gonna take this chance on like if you have like a top five lottery pick you really want to care about building your team i think we all understand that Bronny james probably is you know he could be a good nba player he's certainly not a great he's not projected to be that i think ticket sales are enormous too you, ninth you're probably yeah. like eh, team you know you can probably sell a lot of tickets because you're going to get both that's a good sideshow to have and look at this year's draft where do we take our first like swing on like this may not work out but i think this could work out really well that was koulibaly at ninth you know, that's kind of where you got past. I know next year's draft a little deeper, but that's why I'm circling that pick. Sure. Yeah. And it's all, there's always, there's a range where if a guy is risky and in the NBA, in the draft, like that might be like sixth or fifth where it's like, wow, this guy's True. super risky, but like everybody else stinks. So let's at least take the risky guy. That's why I think people were surprised Whitmore like fell in the draft so much, but then it came out of he has like seven injuries or something. I don't know. I didn't really read a lot about it, but whatever. Uh, Jake, you want to go uh, here and then we'll get, we'll get Tyler's kind of like, as someone who follows the prep basketball scene closely. Jake, what do you think? Bronny James draft position. Uh, I actually am right with Sean. I put nine and a half. So I, I okay. like just think somebody's gonna be like, all right, like ninth or 10th. Be like, all right, well, let's just take the swing and we get LeBron. Cool. Don't, don't you think it would happen earlier than that though? Like why nine and a half and not like six and a half? I just, well, next year's like, drifts deeper. And kind of okay. like what Sean was saying, like, if you're at the end of the lottery, like, maybe you're more inclined to be like, well, we get LeBron. And if Bronny is also kind of good, that's gravy. And, like, you're more inclined to maybe take that risk, like, kind of like what Sean was saying. Okay. So kind of the same thing, like, top 10 is kind of like where the market set over under top 10 for him next year. Tyler, I feel like this is just the wheelhouse of wheelhouses until we do NBA trivia next hour, where I have a, a topic that's like a certified banger for you, too. Bronny James draft position. What do you, uh, ESPN mock draft 17th. What do you think? So I also put nine and a half as well. Really? And, uh, wow. Yeah, I also put wow. nine and a half. Co couple, couple reasons. The top of the draft, there's like five or six players that are, might be going number one. So, I mean, just like he's not going in the top five or six. No one knows who's going one yet. And then his teammate's going to be drafted higher, Isaiah Collier. He'll be a higher pick than Bronny. So that leaves him at like eight and ninth. And I think at that point, top 10, maybe a team that's desperate. They're probably just going to end up. Let's get LeBron James. And I think Bronny's a good player, too. I think people are going to surprise. He's going to surprise some people. Like, he's really good, too. So I think he low key will deserve to be in the lottery. So I said around nine and a half. Yeah. But wow. It's funny, guys. Like, and, and Sean, you, I don't know if you know this or not. Like, Tyler follows like high school and prep and G League yeah. basketball insanely close. So it's really funny. Like, he, even knowing all that, like, all three of you like, came up with the exact same answer, basically. Like, you, all three of you and from your, your different backgrounds. Yeah, we can't agree on anything in these trivias or anything in the show. And somehow yeah. we all stumbled on the same pick. Yeah, nine wow. and a half. And yeah, I know that about Tyler. Tyler basically builds the battleships that they play early college basketball games on. So I feel right. better well, about this. Also, I mean, so, to a certain extent. Tyler's been to like AAU stuff and like scouts guys, whatever. Tyler, who is, like you said, there's no for sure number one pick. Like, who do you think the number one pick will be next year? Probably uh, Matas Buzelis. He's an overseas guy. He's playing in the G League. I think he's going to be the number one guy. Maybe like Aaron Brashoff from Kentucky will be number two. His t uh, Bronny's teammate, Isaiah Collier, might be in the top five, too. Like, there's a whole bunch of guys that are like going to be fighting for number one. I think he'll probably go to the G League guys because they've been drafted really high the past few years. Huh. You had 
about that? USC to win the national title, too, maybe. Tyler, USC, 10 seconds. Oh, yeah, no, I have it like at 50 to 1. I was like the first future I put like we, we, like <laughs> months right, ago. I bet this. Right. I was waiting. I knew when Brian yeah, was going to USC, I bet it beforehand. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. We already have futures on the natty. All right. When we come back, we continue our game of sports market sweep. We're going to mention into some trivia Jeopardy. Baby, this show is a banger. I said baby again. I got to stop it. I got to grow baby. up. I got to grow up. Yeah. I got to grow up. You better you bet. Presented by BetMGM and apparently Dame Dollar. We continue next.